Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Thursday once again. We all wake up to a winter wonderland, though hopefully uh, a lot of the uh, uh, storms, uh, the worst is behind us. I know that it's very pretty to see, but I also know several of us may be starting to get cabin fever, especially here in the Memphis area, but it may be impacting you wherever you are listening. But we can't thank you enough for making us a part of your day, regardless uh, of what you've got going on. Uh, Thank you so much for doing that. Hopefully we certainly are adding value to your day, um, just as the Grizzlies were able to add value uh, to their playoff pursuits last night in a much-needed bounce-back victory against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll have all of the information, all the analysis from that in the today's first segment. In the second segment, I'm going to talk about how Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks are really starting to settle into their roles and really starting to get some consistent production that certainly has been, been at better levels than previous versions of themselves have been during their time with the Grizzlies. And in the third segment, we'll discuss the results from our latest Tweet Back Thursday, in which I asked the question, what one stat do you always find yourself checking to see how the Grizzlies did besides, obviously, the the, the score itself? I'll give some takes from uh, Twitter. I had a lot of good responses. And I'll also give the top three stats that I look at really to see how the Grizzlies have done. Now, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats, SAC. You can find the podcast wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen, we are there. And we ask that you listen, subscribe. Let us know what you think of the show. We always want to make sure we are giving you know our listeners you know the content that they prefer based on what's going on with the Memphis Grizzlies. I can also tell you this: so when it comes to um, our sponsor for the show, our sponsor for today's show is Michelob Ultra. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode, and we'll discuss that here in just a few minutes. But the big thing for the Grizzlies is that, you know, after the game against the Pelicans, you know, yes, it was it was a night no one wanted to have. It's a night everybody wanted to forget. But the best way for the Grizzlies to, you know, forget it, put it out as an outlier game, not really be concerned with it, is to come back tonight in what will likely be one of their more winnable games for the remainder of this first half of the season schedule. It was to put on a performance that really showed that they could get back on track quickly, as we know that they've always been able to do this season, and that's exactly what this Grizzlies team did. Overall, 122-113 to victory. Now, when you look at the final score, one of the things that stood out was a, was a struggle of the Grizzlies that they have had, and that the Thunder did make 19 three-point shots. They made 19 shots from three, which, you know, in and of itself certainly is a continued concern. Though the Grizzlies had certainly done better against the Kings and the Lakers. They've unfortunately fallen right back into the rut that they had in the previous six games. We're now in back-to-back games. They've allowed 19 threes to both the Pelicans and the Thunder. But the reason why the Grizzlies were able to make such a, were able to overcome that um, effort from the Thunder is that on so many levels, the Grizzlies got back to what allows for them to play well. And specifically, that's them playing to their strengths. But before we get into that, the other aspect that really shined through, it was a new avenue to victory that the Grizzlies had really not um, you know, displayed before, was an overall dominance by their starters, not in terms of starting out the game, but really contributing for a full 48 minutes. In tonight's game, or in last night's game, all five Grizzly starters were able to score 
15 or more points. And the thing about it is, is that each added their own elite level of production that keyed the Grizzlies to victory. For instance, it was another double-double, everybody besides Dylan Brooks, and that's not a slight to Brooks. He just didn't need to be that tonight um, like he may have on other nights. But for instance, Grayson Allen, it was making six threes a game. With John Moran, it was a triple-double. With Jonas Valanciunas, it was his double-double. And with Kyle Anderson, it was only the fifth time in Grizzlies history where a player had had 20 points, five rebounds, five assists, and five steals in a game. So it was the playmaking ability along with his ability to score. So in every so so in different ways, four of the Grizzlies' best talents, four of their starters, really shine through. This was a game where the Grizzlies, something that they have not been able to do often, but they thankfully did it when they had the opportunity. And in my opinion, it was the best way for them to forget the Pelicans' loss and move forward with confidence as the schedule continues to get tougher and tougher. It was their best talents in a situation where they knew they needed to step up to be the difference. They did. And even though Ja continued to struggle with the shooting, even though uh, the bench may not have been where it needed to be overall, the star, the best talents on the court, which in this case were on the Grizzlies' side, of the rosters, they shine through. And that was the reason that this team won the game. Obviously, you know, we'll get to Kyle Anderson and Dilla Brooks in just a few moments, but John Morant continues to shine through despite his struggle shooting the basketball. And I've used the, the phrase high floor quite a bit when it comes to Jaw. And I don't mean that as a negative. I mean that as an absolute positive. And the reason why that is, is this. Everybody knows that when it comes to Jaw. His finishing and playmaking ability were truly his strengths coming into the league. However, his weaknesses were his defense and his shooting. Well, that still clearly is the case. His strengths are shining through, and he, while his while his talents are certain, while his uh, weaknesses are certainly on display as well. But it's no longer a question of well, will John Morant be able to become a good shooter or be, be improve his shooting and defense to where he be, can become a star? It's now the fact that. John Morant already is a star and already is consistently producing like a star, even without his even with his shooting and defense actually regressing from his rookie year. That's what's so encouraging about John Morant's play right now. He is producing like a star despite the fact that his weaknesses are actually at lower levels than they were his rookie year. Now you certainly want them to improve, and there's plenty of faith that they will in time. But John Morant is consistently producing. I believe that this is now, in, in six of his last seven games, John Morant has produced at least 15 or more points and nine or more assists. And the one game that he didn't, he scored 28 points, had eight assists and seven rebounds against the Pelicans. And the thing about it is this, is that it's not just he's doing this quantity. Like, he's not just getting these counting statistics. His ability to get into the lane is opening up the uh, the perimeter for this Grizzlies team. And despite not having DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain, they're still finding success shooting from three because of the space Jaws is creating for Allen, um, uh, uh, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, and when he plays with members of the bench. John Morant is establishing the floor that should be there for the next decade. And in and of itself, it's probably just below an all-star tier. Even if Jaw were to remain a 30% three-point shooter for his career and struggle on defense, this level that he's at right now, it still is a highly productive and highly valuable asset for this Grizzlies team. And that just makes you more excited when you realize that for the same reason why he's establishing his floor at being a 15 to 20 a night, 
10 or so assists a player per game, being a direct source of 40 or more points on a consistent basis. The fact that he's already establishing that floor at 21 and a half years of age, that's what gives you the confidence that he's going to be able to elevate his weaknesses, and that's what makes him so special. So that is becoming more and more clear over the past two weeks and is a really encouraging development for this Grizzlies team. But beyond their starters and beyond the play, beyond the consistency of jaw that he is establishing, the other thing that the Grizzlies were able to do was that they were able to find ways to win through their usual means. Last night against the Thunder, the Grizzlies, after falling off in many of these categories against the Pelicans, uh, they were able to have another night where they produced 31 or more assists, which certainly got them back on track with their normal assist numbers. Uh, they, cre- they, they, they forced 18 turnovers, and off those turnovers had 23 points off turnovers. Overall, that allowed for the Grizzlies to have five more shot attempts in the game. And though the Grizzlies shot seven fewer threes because of the fact that they shot more free throws and they also had extra possessions, which allowed for them to make, um, which allowed for them to make seven more field goals, that was the difference in the game. So yes, the starters establishing their value and the starters really taking advantage of a winnable game was a big development, but also the fact that the Grizzlies, through creating turnovers, through passing the basketball, and also um, through limiting fouls, they were able to, for many of the reasons why they've been able to win despite several of their best talents not being available at times during the year, they went right back at it. So just a really encouraging victory. Yes, it was against one of the weaker teams in the league you could, that certainly needs to you know, be remembered, but it's still for a young team coming off such a big loss for them to get right back to the ways that they win and that they've consistently won This season, that is a big development and is really helpful coming into an off day today before they get back into the swing of things tomorrow against the Pistons. The Grizzlies as a whole, getting back to the reasons why they've had success this year was a sight to see. It also must clearly be highlighted of the production of one Kyle Anderson. And in a moment, I'm going to talk about how both he and Dylan Brooks really have settled into productive roles when it comes to the play of, of playing off Giannis and Jaw now being back in the lineup. But because of his recent play, and basically because of how much he's improved all season, Kyle Anderson is actually our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And why is that? Well, it's because, it's not just because of Kyle's production. It's because of how he's progressed since he's been with the Grizzlies. You know, when you talk about Kyle's production here recently, in which he's come one point close to setting a new career high in points over the past week, he's had 20 points, five assists, five steals, and five rebounds, only the fifth time a Grizzlies player has done that in franchise history. A big reason why Kyle has progressed to the level that he has and become the difference maker that he currently is, is because of the joy that he has playing with the guys that are around him. And also, the happiness that is created from him playing within Taylor Jenkins' system. Kyle Anderson is the best example of what makes this Grizzlies team so great. While they, Why they are viewed across the NBA as being one of the most fun and beloved teams out there right now because of the joy that they play with. Kyle himself will tell you more than any other player, because he's the best example of it, because of the joy and happiness that the player, each of these players have playing within this roster, they truly feel by playing with this roster, it's the best way for their individual careers to progress. And that brings everybody enjoyment. Because not only are you happy with the guys that you're playing with, it's allowing for your individual game to improve, and it's also allowing for the team to be successful. So it begs the question, are you happy because you win? 
Or are you winning because you're happy? And with the Grizzlies and Kyle Anderson, I can truly say when it comes to his individual success and the fact that he is playing such a big role in helping the Grizzlies continue to exceed expectations, he certainly is winning because he's happy more than he's happy because he's winning. And I can tell you this, you're going to be winning any single day. If you get to enjoy watching sports while having a nice glass of Michelob Ultra, only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And if you're getting to watch your team play, you're getting to enjoy them winning, but you can add to it by being able to have a nice glass of Michelob Ultra in the process. It certainly will be worth it because you're enjoying it. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So last night, um, Kyle Anderson was one of our media game uh, session, uh, one of the players that we spoke to in the media sessions. And once again, you know, it's just, it's so much fun. To see, I know this is my first year myself, so I really don't have anything else to go off of but this year. But it's a lot of fun seeing these guys' expressions after they win. The other night, uh, when the uh, Grizzlies um, came off the win um, against the Kings, uh, talking with them, it was either against Charlotte or the Kings. Um, I, Joe Molinax and myself were talking with uh, both Grayson Allen and um, John Morant. And we were talking with them about how their chemistry playing off of each other is really starting to shine through. And the guys couldn't help but smile. Like, smile where they were smiling ear to ear talking about how well they're playing with each other and that just keeps resonating from this team even Taylor Jenkins even though Taylor Jenkins has to wear his mask in many of these interviews you can still see him beaming behind his mask because of the fact that this team is playing together and through playing together several talents up and down the roster are individually you know they're they are seeing value added to their own individual progression. They are benefiting from how much they're enjoying playing with each other. But however, one person that I can certainly say is, is enjoying it more than anybody, that certainly is Kyle Anderson. And, and the fact of it is this, is that Kyle Anderson, we always knew that he was an across-the-board contributor. We always knew that he was probably underrated defensively, but really added value because of his intelligence and instincts. We knew that he's a, he was a facilitator. But the point of it is, is that just across the board, he is consistently adding value that is allowing for this Grizzlies team to not only improve, but also showing that he can be a big part of this Grizzlies team as they become a playoff contender. Um, yeah, a, a few days ago, um, I talked about you know how well um, uh, Kyle Anderson was continuing to produce and the levels that his production is allowing for him to move to. Whenever me, this is probably the third or fourth segment that we've done on Kyle Anderson specifically um, since um, you know last summer when we had hoped we would see some improvement of his. From the bubble, if you remember last summer during the bubble, in the scrimmages that the Grizzlies had, Kyle Anderson was producing quite well when it came to shooting the three, especially in catch-and-shoot three-point situations. Led me and Mark King to having a discussion, and I believe Mark was the one who made the point, in which you know I certainly agree with, is that Kyle Anderson, as who he is, is a player, or as who he is before the season, is a player who adds value just in ways that you're not used to seeing in today's game. But Kyle Anderson being who he was, plus adding a reliable shot from distance, is a whole other level of value. Now, he doesn't become a top 50 player in the league, in my opinion, or anything like that. 
but he certainly does become a very valuable piece and a piece that certainly does have plenty of value to add to a cons- to a consistent playoff contender. So because of Kyle's improvement in his shot that we're consistently seeing this season, he truly has turned to 180 from last year at this point. There being conversations as to whether or not he's a long-term fit or do is his best value to this Grizzlies team being used as trade bait after the 2019-2020 season to now, and we'll have this conversation in later episodes, to now, is it truly worth changing up Kyle starting at the four, even if Justice and Jaron do come back? Now, I'm not saying that you're going to start Kyle at the four over Jaron. That's not the case. But figuring out how to keep Kyle in the starting lineup and making it successful, I certainly is a conversation worth having. But the whole point of it is, is that the value of Kyle adding a reliable shot to his game has been the needed development this Grizzlies team had to have for them to remain in playoff contention, despite the fact that they've been without several of their best talents, either all season or over significant portions of the season. Uh, A good example of that is this, is that coming into the Pelicans game uh, on Tuesday, the only players in the NBA this season averaging at least six rebounds, 3.5 assists, and one steal per game, while shooting 37% or better from three with at least four three-point attempts per game. LeBron James, Jason Tatum, Paul George, James Harden, and Kyle Anderson. Now, obviously, Kyle Anderson is not on the level of those players, but it does highlight the fact of the relevance, of the significant relevance that is there in how Kyle Anderson's ability to shoot really starts to amplify his value as an across-the-board contributor who now can shoot. And the other thing about it is, is that it's gone to a new level since uh, Jaron and Jonas, or Ja and Jonas, have come back into the lineup for the Grizzlies, and that's a big thing for both Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks. Is that yes, both of those players being the main talents on a team, it's not going to get you anywhere. It does help out the fact that both Dylan and Kyle Anderson stepped up to make a temporary identity for this team. Playing through creating turnovers, through playing defense, through doing a great job of creating disruption against other teams' perimeter players. But when I say it's not going to get you anywhere, it's not going to be of long-term success with both Kyle and Dylan being the primary offensive producers for this team. But they did well enough in the roles that they had to play. Well, now, though the quantity was there obviously through those roles, now they've taken a bit more of a step back into complementary roles. And they really are producing. They really are shining and benefiting and, and, and gelling. They just are doing a really good job of, of, of you know prospering in their new ro- in, in their expected roles as the fourth as the third and fourth complementary starter to this team with Ja and Jonas being the two primary producers with Ja and Jonas in the equation now, you know, and this was through yesterday's game, uh, you know, this is before yesterday's game versus the Thunder. In the six games since Jonas had returned with John the lineup, since Jonas had returned from his COVID protocols, Kyle Anderson was averaging 17.5 points per game, was shooting 54% from the field, and on 2.5 threes made on 5.5 three-point attempts per game, was shooting 45% from three. Dylan, was averaging is averaging 17.2 points per game, shooting 43% from the field, and is making 2.5 three-pointers on 6.3 three-point attempts on 39% from the field. So overall, to complement Jaw and Jonas, Kyle Anderson 
and Dylan Brooks have settled into and prospered in and prospered in more logical roles for themselves. And the production is nearly 35 points per game, five threes, and shooting over 40% from the field. You want to talk about Taylor Jenkins being excited about the fact that he finally has a starting lineup where he could surround the pick-and-roll game and paint production of Jonas and Jaw with three shooters? Look at what's happening. Look at what's out there. You throw Grayson Allen into the equation, who now basically on a nightly basis is producing three to f- three to six um, three-pointers a game, you you have a good bet that between Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, and Grayson Allen, you've got 50 additional points of production for this Grizzlies team. That's why this starting unit of John, Grayson, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas have been so well together. They complement each other so well. The pick and roll and paint production game of Jonas and Jaw are turning the trio of Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Grayson Allen into productive shooters that make this offense have such a high floor but also have so many different looks it can give you that I'm not saying the offense is elite but it certainly has the expected floor of being competitive and in a lot of in a lot of instances can can add a clear advantage so now that Jaw and Jonas are healthy they're playing well and their chemistry as a duo is at a new level compared to where it was last year it has allowed Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks themselves to settle into their expected roles, but produce at levels that are significantly higher than they were as a duo last year. And that's the consistency that we have been searching for all year on offense. It thankfully is finally here. No one is saying that this is one of the best offenses in the league. No one is saying that it's going to keep Jaron or even Justice from coming back to start. No one is having that drastic of conversation yet. But what this is saying is that now Taylor Jenkins' preferences, his goals, his schemes and strategies are clearly adding value, and they're clearly answering the question that he can put this roster, can put the individuals of this roster in positions to consistently succeed. And that's why this Grizzlies team is still continuing to stay at 500 and still continuing to be competitive and win despite the fall-off of their defense. But that also is a reminder of just how awesome it is to have Kyle Anderson on this roster. Again, both him and Jaw, as a reflection of their coach, both said, not too high, not too low. But one of the things that he pointed out last night was that despite how well he's playing offensively, Kyle Anderson is a defensive-first mindset. He takes pride in his defense, and he's not happy with where his defense is right now. So despite the fact that he's having so much offensive success, and it truly is making him happy, it, it truly is making it joyful for him and the team to play under Taylor Jenkins, he still knows that there is more to accomplish with his defense, and it's that type of mentality, and it's that type of player that makes Kyle Anderson so valuable to this team. And with Dylan producing as well, it's great to see that once again, because of health now being on the Grizzlies' side to an extent, but also 
on so many different levels, on so many different tiers of the player on this roster, Taylor Jenkins is still having players develop and produce in a positive light. It's making things a lot of fun, and that is a big boost as to why this Grizzlies team is winning. I'm not saying that Kyle Anderson is going to remain a guy throughout his tenure with the Grizzlies that's going to score upwards of 17 or 18 or more points per game while shooting 40% from three and making making three three three-pointers a game. I don't know if that's the case. But at the very least, can he, at the very least, can I say I think it's reasonable that he can sustain those types of rates of production when he does play? I do, and that certainly makes him a very valuable addition, not only to the team's present but the future. And it's also nice to see Dylan Brooks get some consistency as well. So we talk about the consistency of both the team as well as the individuals that represent the team and how it's nice to see progression from last year to this year on both in terms of both the team and these individuals. Well, what statistics specifically for the team do people really look at when it comes to them looking at the Grizzlies box score to know how well the Grizzlies did? I posted that question on Twitter, and for this edition of Tweetback Thursday, had some responses that I really found interesting. What stat besides the score do you first find yourself looking at to really determine how this Grizzlies team did in the game if for some reason you weren't able to watch it? Some of the answers are probably going to be Logical? A few of them may be surprising. We'll talk more about that here in just a second on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. One thing I can certainly add is that with all of this great results coming from the Grizzlies offense over the past few weeks, it's certainly becoming easier to bet on them to stay consistent and giving the Grizzlies a chance to profit off their production through gaining more wins. Well, I can tell you this, I think that there's a trustworthy source that you can rely on that will make it easier for you to profit when it comes to your bets in the near and long-term future. And that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your promo code to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device and use the promo code Locked On to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. I don't think any of us need any further reminder that winter is here. And while unfortunately for many of us across the U.S. that has meant days kind of being locked in due to all the weather that's going on, one other thing that has to be, you know, mentioned and that should be relevant, you know, to all the things that you need to check on because of the winter weather is your car. Now, obviously, it's the most inopportune time four car repairs to be needed, but as we all know, with how hard this winter can be at times on several things, on several of our assets, it can have that same impact on your car. Well, I can't, while I'm not someone that can tell you how to repair your car, I can tell you where to go to get the parts that you need, and that's rockauto.com. Within a few clicks of a button, it's going to be easier for you to find what you need need due to the interface that's on the site. Plus, regardless of the make and model of the car that you have or the part that you need, rockauto.com is likely to have it. They also are very economically friendly. They allow for you to be to find the parts that you need at prices that are logical because they know that car parts fall out of a lot of folks' budgets. This is a family-owned company. They've been around for 20 or more years. They know that car repairs can be a financial burden. And whether you're someone that does your own repairs, you do repairs for others, or you need someone to do your repairs, you're going to find what you need 
at logical priced uh, at logical prices that will allow for you to comfortably get the repairs done that need to be done. If you go to rockauto.com today, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Basketball, more, more than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. So yesterday, I had mentioned in our version of a Tweet Back Thursday, I had asked the question, when it comes to the Grizzlies and how they are performing right now, when it comes to the Grizzlies as a fan this year, what stands out? What stat do you look at as a Grizzlies fan to really let you know how this team is performing, for you to gain a good idea as to whether or not they had success, even if you've not seen the score? Now, obviously, the score is what you're going to be looking at. But when it comes to stats that are relevant, that are that are the stats that are most relevant to the team's success this year. What are they? What stats really stand out? And I had a few folks that were able to reach out to me uh, to let me know uh, what they thought. Um, You know, I, again, I posed the question, you know, what stats really stand out to make it to where this Grizzlies team, if this Grizzlies team is doing well in this stat category, you either know that they have a significant chance to win or if they're struggling in it, you have a significant chance to lose. Well, here's a few of them. Ryan Ryan DC88 at Ryan DC88 said, lately it's been the other team's threes made. I'll get into that in just a second, but that absolutely is a fact. The, the Grizzlies' ability to defend the three is a very significant stat when it comes to this Grizzlies team. Fernando Sanchez at Soul Craven, a very frequent supporter of my work in, in the Locked On Grizzlies uh, podcast work. Thank you so much for that, Fernando. He mentioned steals. Steals are a great proxy for this team. And then Bailey Codwell um, at Sir underscore Richmond 20, part of the great team over at Grizz Lead. I had Daniel Greer, who also is a part of that team, on the podcast recently. He said, I usually gravitate towards rebounds. Always felt that rebounding wins games and also feel that the rebounding total is a good indicator of total effort for the team. That only has that only has one truly strong rebounder in JB, and I agree with that. I think that this Grizzlies team, without a, a Jonas Valanciunas in the lineup, it becomes a lot harder for them to rebound, which becomes a, a bigger you know emphasis of importance for this Grizzlies team to limit offensive rebounds. So I certainly can agree if the Grizzlies are rebounding well, that certainly adds to their benefits. So we, so we heard steals. Uh, we heard three-point defense and shooting as well as rebounds. And I think that a few of those are the big difference for this Grizzlies team. But when it comes to me personally, here are the three stats that I feel are most important for this Grizzlies team. And this is kind of a, a segue into next week. Next week, both over at Grizzly Bear Blues and through the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, I'm going to do a special episode in which I talk about the five stats that so far this season are the most indicative of whether the Grizzlies are going to have success or struggle in a game. They're competitive checklist made off of the five most important stats, in my opinion, that really indicate whether or not the Grizzlies are going to have success on a nightly basis. And while while some of these stats may not be on that list, here still are the stats that I look at. Number one is assists. And that's the thing that Taylor Jenkins talks about all the time. It is the playmaking and it is assists. Now, this Grizzlies team is by far 
the best team when it go over the past couple of years. There has been such a significant step up in this Grizzlies team's ability overall to pass versus previous versions of this Grizzlies team. But it cannot be understated that they also have taken the step into truly being one of the best passing teams in the league. Right now, they're leading the league in assists. It's hard to argue against the Grizzlies having been the best passing team in the league since Taylor Jenkins took over the roster. But that's the, that's the first thing that I look at. If we've got 30 or more assists, it's likely that our offense is producing at a good enough level to where we are able to have had had score to score enough to win the game. However, if like on Tuesday night we only had 23 assists, then it gets a bit sketchy because that's now fifth that's probably now 15 to 20 points less than we usually would have on most nights and our offense just not had just, just does not right now have the natural individual talents to overcome that. So while 23 assists and 30 assists they may may both may both seem like a lot. The difference in that 15 to 20 points that you, when it comes to the score that you likely have at 23 assists versus the 15 or 20 extra points that you have at 30 assists, that's a big difference for this Grizzlies team. So for me, assists are the number one thing to look at. The second thing to look at is extra shots. And the reason why I think that extra shots are important is because with the Grizzlies being where they are right now with their roster, I would say that versus at least half or maybe even more of the league, on most occasions, this Grizzlies team is probably going to be considered an underdog if they have the same amount of field goal attempts as their opponent. That's nothing against the Grizzlies. It's just where they are with their roster without several of their better talents. So if field goal attempts with, if the Grizzlies are on equal equal footing with all the other teams in the league, I would say more often than not, they probably would be an underdog. But the reason why I look at field goal attempts is because if the Grizzlies have five, eight, ten or more field goal attempts than their opponent, that is the levels of confidence that I have they're going to win a game. Because several of the Grizzlies' victories that you've seen this year, they've been because this Grizzlies team had 10 or more extra shot attempts because of the fact that, the, that they were playing well, they were playing within their strengths. They were allowing for themselves to be able to get to create turnovers. They were allowing for themselves to play at a faster pace than their opponent. They were allowing for themselves to find high percentage shots. That is when this Grizzlies team is playing at its best. And because of the fact that even though their shooting is emerging, but with the struggles that this team has had defending the three, if the Grizzlies are getting those seven, eight, or more extra uh, shot attempts over their opponent per game, that negates the extra threes or the extra free throws that their opponents have. So if the Grizzlies are having a significant advantage in extra shot attempts per game, I feel that's a good indication that they have a strong chance to win the game. And the third thing that I look at is the one thing that they've really struggled at, and that is the three-point defense. And But it, it should not be in any way, shape, or form taken away from how important that is. One of the biggest reasons why this Grizzlies team had their seven-game win streak that they had earlier this year, despite being without Jaw, Jonas, Justin, Jaron, and all of these significant talents during that stretch, was because they were a top-ten team defending the three. The reason why they're only able to maintain a 500 record right now is because of how badly they are defending the three. So that's another big thing that was mentioned um, is you know the three-point defense. If this Grizzlies team is defending the three well, they become a hard team to beat if they're also creating turnovers and they're shooting the ball as well themselves. But if this Grizzlies team is not defending the three well, 
it becomes imperative that in all that all of their other strengths are on display. They just do not have a lot of room for error when it comes to their inability to shoot the three because they don't have the individual scoring talents that can overcome that. So even though the Grizzlies, you know, uh, won last night, they still allowed 19 threes from the Thunder, which made that game a lot closer than it should have been despite it being a game like it was on Sunday night where the Grizzlies just had a clear advantage against the um, Kings because they were defending the three well. So the three statistics that I look at that to me really give an indication as to whether or not the Grizzlies are doing well if I don't know the score is where are the assists, where are do the Grizzlies have an advantage when it comes to shot attempts, and how well are they defending the three. If I can, if I can get a positive if I can see that the Grizzlies are in the positive on two or three of those of two of those three statistics, I feel confident that they're winning. But if I don't see a positive in one or less of those statistical categories, I don't get that big of a feeling that they're going to win. That's why I think those three statistics are the most important for this Grizzlies team right now as constructed, because if they are performing well in those three areas, that typically is a significant boost for their chances to win. Well, obviously tomorrow night the Grizzlies are going to hope that that once again shines through. But I'm very happy about. I'm very excited for tomorrow's episode, which I'll actually be recording in a bit later on today. We will have Omari Sankofa, former Grizzlies beat writer for the Athletic. He now covers the Pistons in his hometown of Detroit. Really excited to bring him back. He'll be with us uh, for tomorrow's episode, talking about the Grizzlies, talking about the Pistons rebuilds, the excitement. That surrounding, you know, new regimes in place and the reaction that is happening from the fan bases, as well as previewing the Lakers and Grizz or the, the uh, Pistons and Grizzlies game tomorrow night. My name's Sean Coleman. You can follow me at Stats SAC, the show at Locked On Grizz, the podcast wherever podcasts are available. Make sure to listen to our episode tomorrow to catch up with Omari Senkofa. It's always a pleasure to have him back on the show, and we'll obviously have plenty to break down as far as the Grizzlies and Pistons go, and then the Grizzlies and the Suns tomorrow night. Again, stay safe, stay warm, hope all is going as well as possible, just hopefully just a little more over a day or so until we start to see some of this snow uh, melt uh, away, but thankfully we've got more Grizzlies basketball on the horizon. Hope you have a great Thursday and that you have a great start to your weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.